star of this season tonight. He showed the world what he could do. My God, a question. An extra gear for the freshman. Touchdown. And the freshman is off. Foot race. They're looking at shoe bottoms and nothing else. Into the end zone. Touchdown. The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Future Freshman Podcast and welcome into episode six. Uh, we want to thank you for continuing to listening. Uh, we see quite the uh, the jump up when it comes to the the listens, whether you're on the C2C uh, feed or if you're on the regular ones as far as Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, and I believe Google Podcasts. So thank you for listening in. Also, the YouTube, thank you for coming in as well. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the brand new intro. Uh, so today I brought on a very special guest, and he is uh, a guy that uh, I saw first thing. So when I look for uh, brands and stuff like that, even before I joined the team on that one, this guy is the guy that stuck out to me. Uh, so I call him more the face, and that's no offense to our guy, Austin. Love Austin to death. Uh, but I, I saw this guy right here. So he is one of the uh, the founders and original contributors for Campus to Canton. Uh, he's also one of the podcast hosts for the Debbie Debate that's live every Wednesday night as well. And this is Mr. Felix Sharp. You can find him at Twitter at Sharp Review. Of course, that's with an E at the end. So, Felix, welcome to the show, man. Uh, Brandon, I appreciate that intro. The only skill set I have to offer, you know, the team at Campus to Canton is talking. So, I got to do a lot of talking. So, yeah, I mean, they're, the, the team from, from uh, obviously, Jarek, Austin, Colin, Matt, Chris, Alfred, they offer more substantive uh, contributions and I'm just out here yapping my mouth. So, <laughs> Hey, sometimes it's the gift of gap that kind of gets you where you need to go. And that's a great thing. Like when I joined the team, I didn't know there was already 20 something, you know, contributors on there. So it was really cool to come in and just come a part of a, a, a family automatically. But, you know, I always saw you as the guy that was the, the most outspoken. You're always, you know, the one that's doing, and that's the cool thing. And you can kind of tell the guys that uh, you're really active on Twitter. You're explaining campus to Canton and like, it really easy point of view. And that's what I like is that people can just understand just by listening to you say something for 30 seconds and then boom, you know, they understand the concept and things like that as well. Um, kind of going I'm into the minister. The- I'm the minister of propaganda for a camp for a campus to can. So there we go. And uh, the team is not afraid to jump in on threads. Uh, the guys that are just learning about campus, Canton, whether that's the platform itself or the website, or if you're learning how to play CFF for the first time as well, uh, you know, Felix is right there in the mix telling people about, you know, where you can, they can find the CFF content as well. Um, so, so let's do some quick housekeeping and we'll kind of move on to segment one. Of course, I want to thank uh, Sick Edits HD. Of course, that's with a Z. I said something about him last week that he is the guy that supplied the actual hype video, the actual video portion of the new intro for the Future Fresh Month podcast. So, like I said, if you guys are enjoying that, go check him out. He's over on YouTube. Uh, if you're anything NCAA, if you're looking at highlights, and uh, he kind of puts together good packages. So, if you're a guy that uh, doesn't want to run the all 22, you just want a quick five minutes or something like that, you can go check out a guy there as well if you're interested in it as well. Also, we have the freshman and supplemental guide from campus of canton uh that is available right now uh of course you could purchase the entire guide for twenty dollars but i wanted to pass it over to felix because he can tell you how you can get grandfathered in you can tell you about the nil and why that value is there i mean i say it every week but i want to give felix the opportunity to express uh coming from a guy that 
you know, help write the guide that talks about it on a daily. Phyllis, what's your thoughts on the guide? And then as far as the opportunity that you can, as far as getting in on the monthly subscriptions as well. Well, let's let's talk about the subscriptions first. Let's get the business out of the way. Um, and depending on where, when you're listening to this, the offer may still be open. So up until April 1st, uh, if you subscribe at the walk-on level, which is $29.99 for the, for the year, then you are automatically grandfathered into the second tier, which is the scholarship level, which includes, and this is only for yearly subscriptions, which includes the supplemental, the freshman supplemental draft guide. So, and you will have that price, $29.99 for the second level for the entirety of your membership at Campus to Can. One of our focuses has been um, accessibility and having a low barrier to entry because we really want to build the game and the format and make it available to the masses. So, I mean, you can take a look at some folks' folks' Patreons and uh, the bottom tier is much more expensive than $29.99 for the year or $2.99 a month. And our top tier, the NIL tier, is just $79.99 a year or $7.99 a month. I mean, we are really trying to make it accessible, and we will continue to do that. Uh, And we made this offer, the the, uh, grandfathering offer, because we wanted to take care of those who are there at the beginning. I mean, the support for the website and for for everyone contributing and it's just been really outstanding and so this is kind of our way of giving back offering the grand the grandfathering offer but that is only until april 1st so get in subscribe to the website 29.99 for the year gets you the uh freshman supplemental draft guide which is which is twenty dollars in and of itself so i mean I think that one thing that we're doing at Campus to Canton is charting uncharted territory. Uh, since I've been playing Campus to Canton, there hasn't been a guide out there that says this is how you should consider the freshmen. These are their strengths and weaknesses. Devi Watch does an excellent job every single year putting out the Devi Watch guide, which is one that I, is something that I buy. But focused on freshmen and your supplemental draft guides. I, I don't I think that we are tr- charting uncharted territory there. And so we are trying to walk new players through like every step of the way from our rankings to the guides. Um, we are really trying to to make the game not only accessible as far as price, but as far as content and information, information and making it digestible. We're trying to put it right there for you. So go ahead and subscribe to the website, campustocanton.com. Until April 1st, you will get the scholarship tier, which is the second tier, for $29.99 a year, $30, $30. And I encourage you to go take a look at our prices and compare them to, to you know the, some P- Patreons out there providing similar information. We just really wanted to provide a value, and I think that we've done it. And quite frankly, the format, if you're not playing in C2Cs, it's the best format. You know why, Brandon? Because we're here talking about freshmen. I mean, what other podcast can you get when you're talking about kids who are in high school who are going to have or you expect to have a fantasy impact in the coming years in who, you know, in three years, the traditional dynasty community is going to be talking about. Love C2Cs. Go subscribe to the website. Get yourself the freshman supplemental draft guide. We're going to talk about a couple of those players here today. Exactly. And. Like I said, it's the it's the new frontier, and with campus to Canton, of course, that means you have to be decent at college in order to succeed at both. Especially if you're splitting the pot, or you have college a little bit heavier than your pro side. Different 
different styles depending on which C2C league that you're on. But it's important that, you know, if you invest in this, it's affordable, just like Felix was saying. And that way you can focus more on actually getting, you know, the entry fee that you need to get into your leagues, you know, whether that's fan tracks or you're over on MFL or on Sleeper, whatever platform that you choose to do. So, um, and it's great that we have this, uh, this window where we finally have, people talking about freshmen and I think it's long overdue because longer the, you know, the days of just looking on 24 seven arrivals and just kind of picking down a list and hoping that one of them hits and stuff like that. Now we have the official, which is more analytics and metrics and things like that. And then now we have a CFF perspective to kind of help you. And then now we have Felix on today to kind of help you bridge the gap between CFF and C2C. And if these guys can produce on both levels, both in the NFL and uh, the college level as well. So uh, right before we start in segment one, I do want to bring up the uh, last bit of housekeeping. Of course, uh, we do have the code CFFU for Price Picks. So Price Picks, of course, is a fantasy app that you can do your props and bets on. Of course, they have the NCAA tournament still going on, uh, but you also have stuff where you can go pretty ahead of time. So if you're an NFL guy, you can go ahead and say, hey, I think uh, Matt Ryan in Indianapolis is going to throw for this many yards this year or something like that in particular. There's something for everybody. Of course, there's different sports out there. Soccer is starting up as far as MLS and things like that. So there's opportunity there for all your soccer fans, too. Um, so, you know, go check it out. The code is CFFU. You get a matching deposit up to $100. Build your bankroll. College is coming. Uh, NFL is coming. I hear USFL might be on the cards as well here next month. So if you're just a football junkie and you just want to watch any type of football, regardless if it's spring or not, uh, this might be the ticket to kind of do that now. So please go check that out as well. All right, Felix, it's time to move on to segment one. Are you ready, good sir? All right, let's rock and roll. And we Yeah, I got to take myself off mute. I am ready. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right, so we're going to talk about one, Jordan James, who actually flipped his commitment from Georgia last second to Oregon. So we apologize, Jared. You already have plenty of running backs. It's okay. We have another running back we'll talk about in just a few minutes that's going to Georgia as well. So Mr. Jordan James is a four-star recruit, uh, 24-7 sports grade with 0.9226. He is 5'10", 205 pounds. Uh, from spring camp, I hear he is over 205. I know a lot of times on 24-7, they do not update it as much as they should. And there's some guys from 24-7 that's admitted it's such. So just kind of keep that in mind that he could be over 205. He is the 16th overall running back in this 2022 class. Let's look at some of his uh, his varsity total max uh, through max preps. So total rushing yards, 3,424 yards. Rushing TDs, 50, which I love to see. That was great. Average rushing yards of 9.2. 372 carries, and he had a rushing games uh, or rushing yards per game is 122.3. So the rushing yards per game and the rushing touchdowns are something that I look for. Uh, and when these guys are going to bring to the table, and looks like Jordan James got busy when it came down to his high school for sure. Uh, let's take a look at the analytics real quick, and then we'll kind of get into the, the scouting report and talk about what Felix wrote up here and, and the actual guy itself. So at Big Ride Receiver Guy, which is our boy Matt. We have met 20.2 miles per hour. He's above the 20 mile per hour marker. Great to see. And another one is 7,562 newtons. Of course, the newtons is mass versus speed. So, of course, this is how quick he is versus how much he weighs. Um, he is well over the 6,000 newtons marker. So that is also going to go as well. Um, he has potential to add growth to his frame. And I think that's what Oregon's going to do to kind of fill it out. And we'll talk about depth perception as well. Um, I could read you 24-7 stuff, but I want to hear Felix because Felix was like, hey, I want to talk about Jordan James. I actually wrote him up in the guide. So I want to pass it off to you, Felix. What is the thing you see in Jordan James? 
what are you thinking as far as a fit at Oregon versus uh, Georgia? And then what do you what do you think your thoughts on CC or just CFF in general? What do you think? Yeah, I just think that this is just a very well-rounded back, and he exists on the spectrum of player uh, at the running back position that I like. Speed is not necessarily his game, but he has enough speed, 20.2 miles per hour. That's fine with me. Uh, In the guide, I compared him to Ramondre Stevenson and Mayan Williams. Um, There are these players who are thumpers who don't necessarily need to lower their shoulder into you, and they still kind of run you over. They're just kind of like bowling ball frames that – that players kind of fall off, fall off of. That's what Jordan James really is. And I I just, again, I think that he's well-rounded. He only has, I think like 20 uh, uh, career receptions in high school, but when he does catch the ball, I mean, you see that he has very natural soft hands. There are times in his highlight film where you see him lining up in the slot and he was committed to Georgia. That's interesting to me because, because um, you know, Georgia is running back you. So they were interested in him. And then when Georgia got in the Andrew Paul sweepstakes late in the game, uh, Jordan James flips his commitment to Oregon. I'm not really scared uh, of anything at the Oregon on the Oregon depth chart with Travis Dye transferring to USC. I mean, I think Byron Cardwell is fine, but, I like this kind of player. I like this kind of running back who's thick, who could probably get up to 215, uh, you know, without question. He's already above 205 as a as a freshman. I think that he could add some speed. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, he's very good laterally. He moves well. I was surprised that he was only 205 after looking at his tape. I thought that he would have been at the 215 mark. So. Mayan Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, guys who I've gravitated towards. If you've listened to me on Debbie Debate, you've heard me talk about those two. I think that and or that that uh, Jordan James exists on that spectrum, and I mean, you know, four star prospect. I'm very high on him, and uh, we'll see what happens at Oregon. What I don't like is the Oregon offense, so that may be that may be an obstacle for him. But I'd love. Love the player, love the size frame, the lateral agility to go with this thick bowling ball frame, and he's got soft hands. I think that he will be a better pass catcher uh, at the collegiate level than he was at the high school level. Yeah, when I did watch tape, I honestly thought he was well over 215. He, he's a guy that he plays like he's 220, 230 easy with the way that he just runs with force. So I definitely agree with you on the front. He just plays like a heavier back for sure. And that's what I like to see. It's just someone that will truck you like a Javante Barnes like we talked about last week and just hit you with force, right? Um, I will say that Byron Carver is getting a lot of the love in camp. And we did see Noah Whittington, uh, formerly of Western Kentucky, coming on board here as well. Um, from what camp is saying that Whittington will either be just a clear RB2 or he might push for a 1B role. This is Cardwell's uh, first chance of seeing, you know, uh, first team reps in the lineup. Of course, we had Die who took over, you know, when we lost uh, Verdell uh, with injury. Of course, now Die is over at USC. Uh, I will say uh, that I like the pedigree of Jordan James. And I think that I think he can get down. I think he's better than dollars. I don't really see a, a, you know, a Sean dollars situation. So I automatically think that Jordan James can move in at least to RB three and definitely push Whittington. Who's coming from a G five to P five. So having a guy that comes in, you know, already with a pedigree of a P five school, I will, I will go as and say, I'm not a fan of Oregon too. I am not a Bo Nix guy. However, Bo Nix reminds me just like Anthony Brown, 
their game managers. As long as you game manage and you can pass it off when you need to or do the RPO where it makes you look like you're going to pass, but just prolong the play to where you can find an open field, then that's going to benefit either Cardwell, uh, James, or Weddington, who's ever getting a pass off as well. Um, so let's look at value at C2C as well. Um, you know, Jordan James, uh, he has a chance. And I mean, he's, he's a freshman, so he also has a chance to where if it's not working out here at Oregon, he could possibly transfer too. I could see him going to any P5, especially if Georgia was interested in him. But it looks like he wanted to go to somewhere where he thought he could kind of make a difference, at least in like year two. So say if Cardwell just doesn't have a great season, we could see Jordan James as soon as next year or the end of this year type situation that, you know, We'll, we'll see how it goes, right? But uh, what do you see? You you know, he does have the pedigree. Do you see a future uh, NFL running back, or do you think he is a college stud and then we see him in, like, lower, you know, lower tier when it comes to the NFL, like a backup of some sort? Yeah, well, we should – I should make the distinction between CFF, Devi, and C2C. I don't think that this that he has particularly any CFF value. This is like a C2C stash and wait and see type play. But when you're coming into college at 5'10", 5'11", 200 pounds plus, I think it's a, that says, okay, that checks the box as being a potential uh, NFL draft pick. When you have soft hands, I think that makes you a potential NFL draft pick. So it's really just going to be a matter of – opportunity whether or not he can create opportunity for himself to develop and let's see how he performs at the power five level to see if he becomes an NFL draft pick but that's one of the most exciting things about this particular freshman class is there are so many guys there are so many guys who have the requisite um, uh, weight height coming as freshmen over 200 pounds some over 215 pounds uh, already and you know Jordan James has the frame to get up to 215 220 and you called him a thumper i i see the same thing you know that style is going to play at both the college and nfl level if if he can put the weight on if he can put the weight on and develop some speed so um yeah, I mean, I don't think that he's a CFF guy. I, I mean, I have no idea what Dan – I mean, Dan Lanning is a defensive coordinator. He brings in uh, the guy from Florida State. I don't have real, a whole lot of faith in either of those two in developing an offense. We'll see. But I do like Jordan James. I do like Jordan James. Yeah, I think uh, this year, you know, everyone's kind of dialing in on Cardwell. I think people are focusing on there because, you know, like you said, it's Bo Nix. It's a uh, – a defensive minded coach. Uh, so the wide receivers are kind of be either your take, whether you think they're being slept on or you just think they're, you know, not going to be as high as they need to be. So, you know, the production has been out of the backfield and that's from die and Verdell. So they think Cardwell's next one up. It's just all going to come down. If Jordan James is going to, you know, kind of push his way into RB two or a one B situation, but he does have a few guys got to go through. I just don't think he'll have an issue with dollars. Whittington will be an interesting one. I do like Whittington coming out of uh, WK. I don't, I don't see Cardwell taking, you know, 90% of the snaps at running back. No, I mean, he's a first, he's going to be a first time starter. So I think that Jordan James could have a role for himself and we'll see what he does with it. Yep. Um, So as far as, uh, Freshman purposes, whether you're going uh, CFF, uh, I would say he's closer to who we talked about, and you did a write up on him as well. Uh, shoot, he forgot. I forgot his name uh, from Georgia Southern. We talked about him in the Terrence Gibbs. Yeah, so it's a fourth round situation for Jordan James. I think. Uh, I think you might want to take him a little bit higher, maybe late third, just because of the pedigree. Uh, and it's Oregon. Uh, there could be a, some change in the next couple of years. We'll see how it goes with Lanning. 
maybe Lanning brings in like a just a stud, you know, or it works out with the offensive coordinator and maybe we just see a different Oregon. But we have to see it's a prove it situation right now when it comes to Oregon. So we have to kind of wait and see. But for CFF, I'd say fourth round and C2C. Do you think he's a waiver? Do you think he's a certain round? What What is your kind of grade on him if you had to go C2C on him? I mean, my standard supplemental draft is 15 rounds. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I have 15 rounds worth of players that I would rather take, you know, over Jordan James. So I, I haven't put together, um, you know, per, per se, a, a supplemental yeah. draft ranking uh, list yet. But mm-hmm. he he should be drafted. He should be drafted in supplemental okay. dra- in supplemental. Probably not in the first five rounds, but yeah, after that. Yeah. But don't yeah. expect don't expect college production from him, especially not not, one. Er, er, not early on. And again, we don't know what that offense is going to be, and I don't really have right. hopes for it. <laughs> so kind of take that with a grain of salt. Uh, still, a name to remember is Jordan James. Uh, the kid's got all the tangibles to be successful. It just to uh, you know he did choose Oregon. Uh, like I said, a lot of us were like, uh, but at the same time, uh, this could be a good outlet for him moving forward. So just remember the name Jordan James. You can get some value there if you're looking for the uh, – if you're just a guy that just wants an Oregon running back for the future, this is a guy that you can get in the fourth, uh, maybe late third. You can um, maybe even get some value if you're doing supplemental with your freshman drafts where you can get him later if you're doing like rounds of 15 or 16 like we used to do on fan track. So definitely can get him in those rounds. Just make sure you're drafting him. Don't sleep on him because he's not going to be there for waivers for sure. All right, let's move on to our next guy, and that is Mr. Andrew Paul, and he is a higher three-star recruit. So he is 24-7 sports grade of 0.8784. He is 6 feet, 190 pounds, and this is Georgia, so that kid is not going to be 190 pounds much longer. But if you can see on the YouTube video the definition, and then Mitch is the guy that he's going to say his arms are an absolute beast. So at least Mitch is going to be happy about this guy. He's an absolute stud already. Let's look at his max preps, uh, his statistics here. Total rushing yards, 4,620. Rushing touchdowns, 66. And I was like, holy smokes, that's probably one of the highest ones I've actually been able to kind of put here on one of the slides as well. Average rushing yards at 7.4, 623 carries, and an average rushing yards per game of 112.7. So he's going over 100, point, 100 yards per game, which is great. So we had at Big Wide Receiver Guy do some analytics for me, and this is where it really started standing out. 21.2 miles per hour, which is really solid, but the Newtons, 8,720, and that speaks volumes because that's the highest I've seen as far as a freshman past Nicholas Singleton. So, I mean, a Singleton is like one overall when it comes to running backs, especially freshman running backs as well. So Paul's wide on up there as far as what he can bring to the table as far as speed versus his actual mass, and I'm sure he's just going to put on as well. So he did lead his uh, high school to uh, his third uh, consecutive Division One state championship, posting 12 and one record. He did finish the season season with 271 carries for 2,616 yards and 41 touchdowns, and that's in the senior season with 14 receptions for 208 yards and three touchdowns. So now we have a running back that can get the job done on the ground, drives with force, but also has great hands, and he's able to kind of catch up the backfield. So he is definitely that dual threat that you kind of want to as well. Uh, just as a junior, he notched 883 yards and 11 touchdowns and only did 182 carries as a sophomore. So he has continuously became the work bell cow. Uh, so let's pass it over to Felix because he did a great write-up on here on Andrew Paul and why he could sneakily be one of the best running backs in this 22 class. So tell me what you think, Felix, and what you think as far as C2C, and then we'll go on into the, the depth chart and what we're looking at as far as production. I got to make one correction, though, first, Brandon. Um, 
He is not six foot one ninety. He is five eleven two twenty, and that's oh. uh, he is listed at five eleven two twenty both on twenty four seven and on Georgia's website. So well, that's actually mistaken. one of that is. And if and I'm I went to public school, so I'm not that smart, but I'm sure that that would increase his Newtons by a significant I think amount. Is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's where I might have put that in wrong myself, but. Apologies, everyone, but yes, 5'11", 220, no. which makes it and, even greater. So, And the re, I mean, when I talk, I mentioned earlier, this class having so many players who have the size, weight, all that requirement coming into, into, into college, he is right up there on that list. 5'11", 220, ran for 2,600 yards as a senior in the, at, at um, St. Parish Episcopal, which is the same high school that Preston Stone went to, if you're familiar with Preston Stone at SMU. Um, was at, as a junior was at Paris Episcopal, but sat behind. A, I can't remember the kid's name, but that kid ended up getting a scholarship to Dartmouth and playing at Dartmouth. Was at Keller before that, uh, and was and was headed towards being a very good player um, at Keller. It's five eleven two twenty five, and it has a twenty one point two mile per hour. I mean, this dude is a is a beast and he was slept on because he did and he didn't have a, a great season until his senior season. Um, had he committed in July, I mean, you're talking about like Houston Baptist being the level. He actually had one FBS off, FBS offer. It was from Colorado, but they were like lukewarm on him. But at that point it was like, you know, again, Houston Baptist is the level of school that he would have gone to. Has the season that he has late in 2020, and then everybody comes. Everybody, Michigan, Notre Dame, Georgia, Clemson, all of these schools uh, end up coming for Andrew. Coming for Andrew Paul. It's interesting because one, he's going to RBU. So there's, you know, we've got Dejon Edwards there. We've got Kendall Milton there. We have another freshman in Branston Robinson there, and. What I think Andrew Paul uh, adds that Branson Robinson doesn't, and Branson Robinson himself, uh, uh, just a unit, just an absolute unit, Andrew Paul has more speed, more lateral agility. I would compare, you know, Andrew, uh, Branson Robinson is very much like the juggernaut, probably going to take a lot to uh, get up to speed, but once he does, it's going to be hard to slow him down. Andrew Paul has, at least to me, has more athleticism in that 5'11", 220-pound frame. So, again, not a CFF option, but really very few Georgia running backs are the way they split up uh, the backfield. But, man, check boxes over 21 miles an hour, 5'10", 220. All right. That's, I mean, that, how much, and then ran for 2,600 yards. Uh, and this is the same, uh, the Texas Association of, of I forgot what the other P stands for, but it's the same uh, division that Shador Sanders, Deion Sanders' son, uh, played in there in Texas in the in the Dallas area. So um, there is a lot to like about this kid. He looks explosive. He's 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 fast. He's going to put on additional athleticism at Georgia. It's a the, the only thing not to like about him is the fact that 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 um, depth chart is absolutely stacked. Absolutely stacked. And can he crack it? Can he crack the lineup? Can he even cr crack the lineup above his freshman um, counterpart there at Branson Robinson? 
I I think that the cat is kind of out of the bag on Andrew Paul. So, you know, he's only a three. Well, at least when I did the write-up on him, he was a three-star prospect. He might have come up since then after all of these schools offered him. So he was, you know, could have been a value early on. But now, I mean, you're going to have to, in supplemental drafts, in, in C2C supplemental drafts, you're probably going to have to take him in the second, third round, somewhere in there. I mean, we the word the the cat is out of the bag on this guy. People know about Andrew Paul, and you should, and you should. He's an absolute unit, <laughs> an absolute unit. We'll keep saying it because that's our that's the motto, the absolute unit. So Kenny Kendall Milton is the junior. He is the incumbent starter. He's the guy that people in camp are saying he's going to be there. You are going to see some Kenny McIntosh. He's a senior though, so we only have one year production of McIntosh. You don't have to worry that for long. Here's the dilemma: Branson Robinson who's also in the same build like Phyllis was talking about. He's 5'10", he's 220, fourth overall, but he's got a 0.9729. So he was a very, very, very high four-star, almost a five-star. I believe he was five-star for a temporary amount of time before the four-star kind of dropped down. I don't think you have to worry about Deshaun Edwards, the junior. I think he's kind of there to kind of be there. However, he can spell carries when Milton and McIntosh needs to come off the field. I did see Robinson surplanting that as well. Uh, once McIntosh is gone and Kendall Milton, if they think he has a decent season, that's the great thing about RBU slash Georgia is that they save the wear and tear on the tires, as we like to call it. Like they, they give you more things like, you know, the injury from Samir White, but now Samir White had a pretty decent season this past year. Uh, and you know, he, you know, he had Dalvin's brother there, uh, you know, to kind of dispel him and they both had decent ones. Now, are they meant for fantasy purposes? No, but now they have enough extra tread on the tires where they don't have as much wear and tear to where now Zamir, you know, and, and cook can both have decent, whether it's a backup role or a possibility for, you know, supplanting an RB one, if they do well in camps and stuff like that in the NFL level. But uh, it's going to be hard for Branson to beat Ransom Robinson just because of the pedigree. But I do love what Andrew Paul brings to the table. Uh, gosh, I love, I love how fast and already at what you were saying at two twenty-five. I don't know if he should put on more. I think it would probably no. be kind of ridiculous to go 240 or something like that because then you just get slower. The kid's got too much diamonds. Stay put or just get jacked yes. and more muscle, more definition, yeah, and then they won't stop him. They, you know, And if you look at a one-two punch of Robinson and Paul, I mean, we're not talking you know, CFF right now. We're looking at you know, long-term here now at this point. Uh, that's a great combo. That's the next generation. You know, now we saw White and Cook go on. Now we see Milton McIntosh for a year or so, but now we see the uh, new Robinson and and Paul type of duo. Which and, I and Brandon James, Jordan James, and Andrew Paul should be ever be forever linked in our minds because mm. Jordan James originally committed to Georgia. Yep. Georgia gets in the Andrew Paul sweepstakes later on, and they have to be related. The fact that. Uh, that Jordan James decommitted and went to Oregon and the fact that Andrew Paul went to Georgia. So um, they're going to be forever, forever linked. (laughs) Yep. And so, I mean, it might be easier now. And then uh, now they're in the same show. So you got James who actually might give you some CFF value here in the next year or so. Paul's one of those guys to where this is CFS going to be a flyer. Depends if one of these guys that Robinson goes down with injury uh, Milton, stuff like that, you might be able to kind of do that. But for right now, this is just waiver wire pickup for Paul. James is a guy that you might want to go ahead and select in a freshman draft and kind of just leave him on the bench until you can see that opening kind of and see what Cardwell is going to do here this season as well. Uh, but Andrew Paul, circle him, especially for you guys at the C2C, Debbie, or if you're just looking for long-term dynasty down the road, if you're in the NFL, this is another guy that you can do as well. 
We are going to move on to our third selection, and this is Mr. Barry M. Brown, who is a four-star recruit who committed to the University of Kentucky. He does have a 24 sports uh, grade of 0.9587. He's 6'1", 173 pounds. He is the 16th overall wide receiver in the 22 class. Uh, in max preps, we were able to get uh, some receiving yards at him at 1,171. 17 uh, receiving touchdowns, uh, and he has catches of 62, average receiving yards of 18.9, and receiving yards per game 46.8, which is a little concerning. Uh, but here's where I do like what I see, and that's, uh, of course, Matt hooked us up with some analytics there, a big wide receiver guy, 22.3 miles per hour, so the kid is a burner. He's got newtons of 7,820 newtons, and I saw that face, Felix. That means it's a good 22.3. Miles I mean, per hour. Wow. Jonathan Taylor's max in the NFL last year was 22.6. So Exactly. So, you know, Matt clocks it traditionally, like hit start, looks at the film and does the traditionally, just like he would if you see a coach at the side of the field. So he does it all that way as well. Um, so the good thing about Barry Brown is that he has speed to him. He has a track profile. Um, he's, he's ran the hundred yard, he's ran the 200 yards and he does it in a pretty good time as well. He's really good about tracking uh, downfall, uh, downfall, excuse me, downfield balls. So he's really good about tracking down long bombs, which is really good and brings it down as well. Uh, moving on to the next slide, they did give him an NFL comparison of Diamond Brown. So me being a Carolina guy, I know all about Diamond Brown. Uh, but the difference is, is Brown had more weight to him and he seemed to be more of a threat however brown has uh the tangibles to do it he really just really needs to put on weight and i think that his receiving yards per game that he needed to be a little bit higher but i do like it because of the pedigree that he's got going on uh and we'll move on here like he we do have a transfer coming in and of course that is tavion robinson he's a senior now he is most likely the wide receiver one for kentucky this season and then we did have another and then that came over from alabama mr javon baker I picked up in Dynasty a year ago thinking that he might be the ticket. I was wrong. However, I'm glad that I kept him and didn't drop him because now he looks like a shot at wide receiver two behind Robinson. I would have said before the Baker news uh, that Barry and Brown was going to come in easily as a wide receiver two because other guys like Demarcus Harris and Chauncey Magwood and Cleveland Thomas, these guys are all red shirts. They've been around for a little bit longer, but they just haven't popped or been decent enough to really like do a big amount of production. So having Tavian Robinson and Javon Baker there is the one and two uh, brings ba Brown's level down a little bit more. However, I feel like he is a really, really stud when it comes to wide receiver. Uh, were you able to take a look at Brown at all, Felix, or anything that you think as far as, uh, you know, what he's capable of doing and things like that in particular? Or I know Austin's big on Brown, so maybe you've heard what he's had to say a few times. Yeah, a couple of guys at the side are really high on Barry and Brown, who's going to be playing not too far from me in Lexington. I'm in Louisville. Oh, um, nice. I think that you would think of him just as a a uh, kind of take the top off the defense guy, but that's not really what he is. I mean, he was used it, – it's it, we're not supposed to say that someone who's used like Debo Samuel, but he was. He lined up in the backfield, and they gave him handoffs, jet, mm -hmm. jet sweeps, and, and that sort of thing. And so he could do that. And um, – Baker and Robinson, I don't think that they have the speed to be potentially the the deep threat. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, Brandon. So Barry and yeah. Brown could provide that and then be on. Yes, he might be lower on the depth chart, but he, he should be a consideration on special teams, kickoff, punt returns, what had you, what have you. And so he could get on the field that way. And if, you know, if, if my boy, uh, Will Levis is supposed to be all this that he's cracked up to be, um, 
then then he might be able to support you know more than one receiver more than two receivers we'll see especially the way that uk offense runs i mean they run a lot of bubble screens they run a lot of set hut throw it out to the to the wide receiver um and so you know that's what barry and brown did in high school so Mm -hmm. um he could be successful there and even after robinson or baker are gone you know uk is not a school that recruits dominant wide receivers so even if it's not mm-hmm. this year it could be potentially in the next in the yeah. next few seasons yeah brown was a, a, a great pick i mean that was awesome that he he chose uk i will say that tvon robinson is used a lot like wandell um from last year when he transferred over so robinson is more of a he's gadget but he also could play outside if he needs to javon baker's just straight outside threat type situation so brown does give us some uh some opportunity to move around as far as different positions. And he also is good in special teams. And so a lot of it, I compare him a lot to like uh, Keon Gray is from Ohio state where he has the opportunity to start at special teams, but add his way and add value into the roster, maybe slowly creeping his way into, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it's going to be like Ohio state where they have so much talent where you can just swap them on and off and just add the receivers that you want to. But when it comes to Kentucky, I still think that Baker or excuse me, Brown gives you bat, you know, value, already a little bit out of freshman year, but we will we'll see a great increase once Robson moves on and will likely be an NFL prospect if he does blow up like they think he's going to over there in Kentucky as well. Um, so C2C, what are your thoughts on Brown? And what do you think as far as long-term? As, uh, is he a flex? Is he a guy that can make it into a wide receiver two spot in the NFL? What are, what are you thinking? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> whereas a player like uh, uh, Wandale Robinson has kind of this quick twitch ability as fast as Barry and Brown is. I don't see that Deontay Johnson, Calvin Ridley type uh, ability where they're just kind of, I mean, he's more kind of like a straight line explosive guy. That's what I see. And so let's see if he develops, you know, the, the, the videos that make everybody go crazy is when you see like Matthew golden running one-on-ones and he's just crossed. He's just, yeah, he's just crossing (laughs) somebody over. That's not really, or at this point, that doesn't look to be Barry and Brown's game. So he could be one, like one-dimensional, like just, all right, let's throw it out to him and see if he can run past uh, uh, some corners that are caught caught slipping. Um, let's just use his speed, not necessarily his la- lateral agility. So I don't like, you know, that kind of reminds me of what Marvin Mims appears to be, you know, kind of. Yeah. But Marvin Mims is very, very productive at, at, He's at good. Oklahoma. A PPR so, machine, Marvin Mims, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, I mean, this is somebody who who is out there that people know. You're going to have to draft him in the second or third round. Mm-hmm. I I just wonder, and he, he has the athleticism. He's 22 miles an hour. It's ridiculous. I just need to watch more to see if he has, like, Pure speed isn't something that I covet at the wide receiver position. It just really isn't. It yeah. really is. It's more, you know, and Antonio Brown run a four five seven at the combine. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. and, and so, I mean, Deontay Johnson ran a similar time. I he like did. that type of wide receiver who can just, it's just very hard to, um, to, to stay next to as a, as a cornerback. Mm-hmm. But, Cornerbacks in the SEC are going to have just as much speed as Barry and Brown. Sorry, they are. So they are. We'll, I don't, my my opinion on him is not fully formed yet. How about that? Is that that fair? makes sense. No, that's fair. Uh, uh, it's a wait and see. I think uh, well, if he can build 
the uh, extra pounds and get that little bit extra weight, but keep the speed that he's already got. If he can maintain that, I think we're in to see more depth than just the burner role that uh, Brown can bring to the table in year one. So I think he kind of develops as well. Uh, I would say freshman, if you're looking at CFF, I have a third round grade on him. Uh, I think you might be able to get value because I think people will sleep on him or they'll forget the name, you know, if that makes sense, because he is going to Kentucky and that might benefit some of you guys. So if you're patient, I think you might be able to pick him up in a fourth. Uh, but it just depends, like I said, if it's just pure freshman or you have supplemental, uh, if you got guys on the waivers that you could pick up instead for drafting. But if it's just freshman, I think a third round grade is okay. Um, I, I just, for me personally, like it's, you know, until he fixes more of the one one dimensional type situation going and adds the weight and we see more, then I would be able to, if he was that like year one, if he just went off like golden or was doing Luther burden or Evan Stewart type stuff already, then yeah, I would, I would definitely move up to first, first round or, you know, Evan Stewart's even dropping sometimes to early second round. So, you know, I can't see putting Barry and Brown in a one or two round situation. So I'd probably go third round for Barry and Brown. Um, any last thoughts on Barron before we move on to Big Fish Small Pond, good sir? No, nope, nope. All right, that's it. All right, let's rock and roll. And we are moving on to the Big Fish Small Pond segment. And we are going to talk about one Zion Turner, who is a three star prospect, 24 7 sports grade of 0.8742. And he has committed to UConn. So, Mr. Lava, I hope you listen in and you're listening to what me and Felix are talking about here. This could be your potential future starter. So Zion Turner is six one and a half, and he's 185 pounds, uh, 36 overall in the QB class 2022. So his max preps was 4,951 yards of passing, 59 passing touchdowns, uh, passing yards per game was 126.9. He had 369 completions out of 590 attempts. He did have 18 interceptions. So I like that ratio a little bit better. 59 versus 18 is still pretty solid. It'd be different if it was like over 20 interceptions and 50 touchdowns. Then we'd have a little bit more of an issue. So let's look at his scout report quick. So he he ran track. He started 39 varsity games in three years. And uh, that's at Sunshine State. So that's uh, his second highest classification. So he did play at a higher level of uh, high school in his state. So he did leave St. Thomas Aquinas to his third straight state title. Um, they went 14 and one and it's of course in Florida. So he, you know, won in the seven, a there, he did complete uh 60% of his passes for 2,103 yards, 25 touchdowns to go against five interceptions. I like that. That's pretty, pretty fantastic. Um, he also ran for 382 yards and 12 more scores with five yards per carry. That's where the dual threat comes into play. And that's where I think UConn could use a guy like this in particular um he was named of course the sun sentinel all county first team offense so he's in the first team too um they have the spots there for uh 2020 and 2019 but well you know we can go past that just know that he's been very successful from 2019 until this past year about reaching the state championship and as far as actually winning the titles every three years that he's there so the guy is a natural born leader um he looks like he has a great percentage and a dual threat dual threat is what you want to look for in cff and uh, as we're seeing in the NFL, it's become more the trend with the Patrick Mahomes uh, guys like, you know, that can kind of just get it done out of the pocket. So Felix, just reading that ahead of time and seeing that in front of you, what's your initial thoughts on Zion Turner? I know you might not have had a chance to really dig into him a whole lot, but what do you think about a dual threat quarterback at UConn in particular? I think that I'm just like the audience here as far as learning Zion Turner's name. But I'm also learning that Tyson Pumachon transferred to UConn. He was Tyson Pumachon is one of the players that I was kind of 
tracking because he also has that dual threat ability. So it looks like um, UConn is a trying to bring in players that offer more than than just the, the passing game. So um, not only do I like the dual threat ability, but when your completion percentage is that high and your touchdown to interception ratio is that good, it makes you want to go take a look and see, all right, what does this player look like on tape? How aggressive is he throwing the ball downfield? How explosive does he look as far as um, uh, running the ball? How creative is he? So I got to go take a look at him. So just quick correction. This is Tyler and not Tyson Fomachan. So this is, I believe, the brother, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so okay. okay. He's only, so right. Tyler's only a two-star. However, he did start the first couple games, got injured. So here's the, here's the thing. Like Tyler is a stand-in-the-pocket bigger tall guy just like his brother right so he could definitely throw it down the field the issue is is that UConn's offensive line is not holding the ranks like they need to so they need some out of pocket so this is where I think is interesting so in one Zion Turner is probably one of the higher graded quarterbacks they've gotten in several years um, so he's actually highest I've seen on 24-7 sports and probably I, I want to say four or five years I'm sure uh, Mr. Lobb will correct me here or send me a DM later or something like that and let me know. Um, so the backup, the Steven, I think it's Krajewski, uh, he's the one that started the rest of the year and had a subpar thing. So I'm really not worried about Krajewski as far as coming in there as well. They did have Jacob Drina, sophomore. He's the kind of guy that he's just been kind of learning uh, under the tree on there as well. I don't know because he's a sophomore, so he could challenge. But I do love that Zion Turner is at least able to extend the plays move out of the pocket and kind of get you a little bit more time to get it downfield. I believe UConn got a transfer from wide receiver and or a running back that was somewhat decent from a, a G5 or a P5. I'm not quite sure. I'd have to kind of look into it more. But they have at least – I mean, they're still the independents. They're you know considered barely the independents or a P5. So that's where I was able to cheat a little bit and put UConn in there because they're not quite G5, but they are the independents. And UConn, it's usually ranked a little lower, but to find value – at a team that's going to play from behind a lot of times, like we talked about in some of the summits and stuff like that. And now you have a guy that can get it done on his feet and his arms. It's hard to not see Zion Turner overtaking uh, uh, Tyler uh, there and then just kind of supplanting the other two as well. Um, I mean, you're a guy that's seen it, you know, uh, extending stuff, whether it's like a Lamar Jackson or a guy that's in your you know, Malik Cunningham who's gotten it done, you know, on his type of stuff. CFF purposes, this could be awesome, but I don't know if, you know, C2C, we're looking at long, you know, down the road yeah. probably. This is a waiver wire pickup regardless of CFF or C2C for sure, mm -hmm. but this could be a guy that could, you know, show up as far as like, oh, this guy's actually producing numbers, and then fan tracks are going to start seeing his name probably climb up ranks here. So, See, I mean, this is why I love – CFF. This is why I love mm -hmm. Campus to Canton because I, I love hearing names that I've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. It had gotten to the point in my dynasty experience where I knew every name that there was. There, I mean, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I know every single name. You're bringing, you know, Zion Turner's uh, profile to my attention. Now I get to go look. At, I have a list of players that I need to check out, and I've just added. Yes. Um, Zion Turner. I just love this about college fantasy. That's true. Uh, this is guys that you don't have to worry about necessarily moving to the NFL level. I mean, it would be great to see a guy like Zion Turner come from a three-star from UConn and all of a sudden he's like I knew, uh, I don't know, like Josh Johnson, who's now our backup there behind Russell Wilson in Denver, you know, just being able to kind of 
grab a pedigree where he could be a solid backup and then, you know, have a chance or shoot. Now that we have spring XFLs coming back USFL. So there's opportunities for, you know, mid-level professional football and stuff like that. So there's, there's more opportunity for a guy to shine now, as far as, you know, at a pro level. So, I mean, do we expect him to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers after Aaron Rodgers? No, but you know, does he have an opportunity to possibly, you know, make a case in college and really, um, you know, give an opportunity for UConn to stretch plays and at least try to come back from behind and get some points on the board. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what CFF is all about opportunity. We need to stop apologizing for CFF players. College fantasy is fantasy football. And it doesn't matter if these guys are going to the NFL. It is exciting. If you like football, then you, and you like college football, college fantasy, who cares if Zion Turner becomes uh, an NFL quarterback, college fantasy is fun in and of its own right, regardless of, of NFL potential. Hmm. Completely agree. And uh, maybe I should quit apologize because CFF is the bread and butter, which I, which I put out there. And of course, I'm just trying to give you guys uh, just the names out there where you can circle and just memorize them or just do like Felix is like, I'll go check them out or at least I'll know the name and it's written down. So later on, if you see it on waivers and you'll start seeing a, you know, as the season's going on, all of a sudden, Zion Turner is actually not doing so bad. And he's actually, I don't know, in the top 100 of QBs or something like that. And you're in a dynasty and you're just looking for a backup or a possible flex play later on down the road. If you got the opportunity and you have the roster space, do it. Um, but just like we said last week with Mitch, don't clog up your rosters. Make sure you're waiting for the right opportunity. So this is a guy that you could probably spin a fab on in the, uh, in the later times here in CFF. But it's a name that I think could possibly emerge. And I just want you guys to be ahead of the game and know the name before it happens. Thank Felix, of course, for coming on to the show. Uh, Felix, tell the folks where they can find you, any stuff that you got going on. I know you're working on another guide, so uh, just the projects coming up and how excited are you for Campus to Canton this year, man? So you can find me at Sharp Review on Twitter. The Freshman and Supplemental Draft Guide is in the books. That's done. You can buy that at the website for $20 or just go ahead and get a website, uh, excuse me, a membership, and it will come with your membership. But we're working on the Debbie Guide now. We're working on the Debbie Guide. We're going up a little bit. Higher, so you know, I, I just wrote uh, Cameron Ward's profile today. Wrote Jameer Gibbs, pro, Jameer Gibbs, and Anthony Richardson, Richardson's profiles yesterday. So we're going to go in depth with these players too. Uh, obviously, Devi being more focused on NFL potential. Man, you gotta love it. This stuff is so fun. Um, this stuff is so fun, and we're gonna keep creating this content for you at campustocanton.com. We're gonna keep growing this format. We're gonna keep uh, bringing college fantasy to more and more people, more and more. Uh, we're going to get a larger audience. And quite frankly, Brandon, I got to thank you for lending your credibility to uh, the website and everything you've done with CFF University and and just c- coming on board. Um, th- that's a big part of it too. You're a great team member. And so I got to thank you for that. Thank you for the kind words, making me blush. I appreciate it. Um, so once again, I want to thank Felix for coming on. I just wanted to give you guys you know, different perspectives. So each week we have different guests, whether they're CFF oriented, but Felix is the guy that I see all the time when it comes to C2C. So I wanted to have him because I wanted his take and why you should look out for Andrew Paul and James and the guys that he, that he wrote up because it's important to have that perspective. Uh, if, if you haven't heard, please visit us, campuscaden.com. You'll find anything from rankings to tools there's adp there's anything that you can have that you'd ever want and like i said the subscription stuff is there i will say that a cff guide is coming so keep on the lookout for that that will come 
shortly after the debut guide, hopefully. So we will see how that goes too. Um, but you can find me at CFF University. I'm Brandon T. Sanders. I want you guys to be good to each other. Um, take care of each other and we will see you in the next episode. Peace.